lies, damned lies, and statistics. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. I'm Greg Howenstein, filling in for Matt Sinovic, and I am joined today by Cedar Rapids Gazette columnist, author, and best friend of the show, Liz Lenz. Liz, thank you so much for coming on What a Week. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about uh, Ashley Henson, uh, state representative and candidate for Congress in Iowa's first district challenging uh, Abby Finkenauer. Um, she had a bad week. Uh, a very bad week. Yes. Her campaign has been hit with, um, al- they, they, we have to say allegations, but it's straight up plagiarism. Uh, yes. Cop- her, her website was, and, and op-eds were riddled with copy and pastes from the New York Times, um, other media outlets, and even uh, Abby Finkenauer's website, which I'll just say I built back in the day. So I'm glad she enjoyed it. I'm glad uh, (laughs) her and her staff and her consultants enjoyed my work um, and thought, uh, you know, thought it important enough for them to to go in and just take her her veterans, her veterans policy right off her website and and uh, display it as as her own. Yeah. And, you know, that's the one that kills me the most. I mean, you know, uh, flagrant plagiarism is is, you know, it's not never good no. but the um but the where she and and for your listeners the specifically the allegation is she copied and pasted like the the veterans policies mm-hmm. right from thinking hours website onto her own and then when i was listening to her kwwl interview she was like well you know even think though things were plagiarized i absolutely stand behind them and i was like Interesting. So you stand behind the fact that you just stole your opponent's policies, but you're running against her when you agree with her. I stand behind like, everything isn't... my opponent says. I, I absolutely do. But I'm blonde, so vote for me. <laughs> like, it It doesn't, it, it just, you know, I, I um, as somebody who, you know, works in the media and one of the uh, op-eds, was published in the Gazette, right? And we are gonna, you know, put a note. We we are gonna put a note at the top of that op-ed, just you know, calling out that parts of it were plagiarized because we didn't feel like if we had completely removed it that that would be accurate. You know, right? We just wanted, you know, because people would want to come look and verify for yeah, themselves. Yeah, you can't. You, and as so, much as they might want you to, you can't just send it down the memory hole. Well, and they didn't ask. I mean, I will be very clear. Nobody yeah. asked us to, but that was, you know, something that we, we talked about. And, um, y- you know, and I think I have noticed and we have often noticed sometimes op-eds come to us and I'll be like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Do a little light Googling and, you know, boom. You've, you've figured out, you know, it's been lifted from somewhere else or, mm-hmm. you know, parts of it have. And, you know, I taught composition at Kirkwood and Hawkeye for a couple of years. I feel like it's so easy. And, you know, her whole explanation was like, oh, this isn't me. You know, this is my campaign consultants that I hired. And I believe that, you know, 
and yet. Yeah. You know, and yet. Right. Like so many instances and and every, you know, and, and, and that there's no daylight in your policies. And, you know, you know, she's also like running for a for, as a representative of a party that's famous for, you know, using the line fake news. Exactly. But this is the fakest of news, you know, and like. And this is the reality of it. And, um, you know, and and it's just like, I mean, even I'm I'm kind of going off on a rant right now, but like, even at like, even at the Gazette, like all the times, the GOP party chair, Jeff Kaufman, looked in my face one time and screamed that I was fake news. Like, it's a real reality that that Republicans use, it's a real line that Republicans use to deny reality. And yet here is an instance of fake news and it's just like, I'll wash my hands of it. I would love to get Jeff Kaufman's reaction, but he blocked me a while ago. (laughs) Well, he doesn't block me because he has to screenshot all my tweets and keep them because one day he's going to try to cancel me. Like, buddy, if you could cancel me over my bad tweets, I would have been canceled years ago. <laughs> you think this is I my first no rodeo? I have no shame. <laughs> like, did did we did you know about that? Like several months uh, ago, this was like it must have been back in January or 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 December. This was the rally he where likes- he where he was yelling at you. No, after that, he'd screenshot. Oh. He screenshotted a bunch of my tweets. But posted them on Facebook without my name on them yes. and just said, yeah, and it was just like, this is, you know, this is the shameful commentary from like, from a Gazette columnist. I think we Gazette. covered that and I, on the podcast. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, it, and it's, <laughs> they were like the silliest things. And I was like, you know what? They are bad tweets. <laughs> well played. Well played, Kaufman. But uh it's Twitter. It's all bad, my friend. So speaking of the, the culture in the GOP yes. and mm-hmm. uh, apologies. So Hinton and her campaign, they did, a, you know, she did apologize and she, she went on that, did that KWWL interview. But she also called this a partisan attack against her. And, and then in a, a statement to uh, Caffeinated Thoughts, a conservative blog here in Iowa, um, she she goes on the attack and says, well, Congressman Finkenauer has copied and pasted Speaker Pelosi's agenda. Well, it's the Democratic agenda. She's supposed to copy and paste it. How? That's what you do. Like, if you're... If you're a Democrat, you have to do the party agenda or else you're, like, not a Democrat. But, like, yeah, calling it a partisan attack is silly. Actually, you know, I got an email that the day that the New York Times story ran. That morning I got an email that said, you know, have you seen this? And I was like, a part of me was, like, a little cynical. I was like, oh, I bet this is a little bit of political theater. And I, when I looked at the article that laid out word for word mm-hmm. the multiple sections that were copied and pasted. I I was like, whoa. I, you know, I was very surprised. And you know, I'm no I'm no Hinson supporter, but I'm very cynical, right? And so um it's not political theater. This isn't a partisan attack. Right. Um she actually plagiarized and to try to like gaslight the situation as like I did something bad, but people calling that something bad, something bad is a partisan attack. It's like, no. No, the, the, the truth is not plagiarism. partisan. <laughs> well, it's 2020, just, I mean, how, 
how sorry are you really when you throw in, you know, BS like that, you know? Yeah. Just say you're I sorry. Just, yeah, and I also think it's really funny, and I don't know what's behind the scenes on this one, that, like, she was a KCRG reporter, but then did her mea culpa on KWWL, Ooh. like... <laughs> Cedar Rapids <laughs> Turf Wars. I get that her apology is more than anything that any kind of apology Donald Trump has ever done in his life. Uh, but I feel like it totally negates how bad you feel when you try to then make it about someone else. Well, and, and, and I think Hinson is, uh, is famously not accountable for her actions, like that, um, that abortion ban that just passed mm -hmm. and just got smacked down by the courts. I mean, she co-sponsored that. But when there was debate for it, she was nowhere to be seen, you know, and, um, and, and it's just like if you're going to do stuff be accountable for your actions. And I don't think we've seen that from her, um, you know, as a legislator in this state, that she, she will do and say things and, and then just does not want to be held accountable, you know, for her actions. And what was she recently, just uh, a few weeks ago, like criticized Finkenauer for lack of transparency. And I was like, your party just passed an abortion ban at like midnight with no debate and you weren't present for it. Like, yeah. how is that for a lack of transparency? You cannot have it both ways. Or maybe there was something on TV that night. <laughs> Who has TV? I don't we all just have Netflix, but it's like <laughs> it's 2020 and Republicans are the party of wanting to fuck around both ways. And you just, I'm sorry, you can't do it. Speaking of things you can't do. <laughs> what a transition. Nice hey, job. Hey, you, uh, you, you call, in, call in the understudy. It's not going to go 100%. <laughs> I like how I'm just rambling and then you have to like come up with transitions for because I'm just going to stop and then let you Look, do I'm, all the work. I'm a quick thinker. I'm not a good thinker. <laughs> Speaking of thinking. So um, earlier this week. Ryan Foley from the Associated Press broke a huge story here in the yeah. state. Um, on May 5th, um, the Iowa Department of Public Health said that uh, 221 employees at the Tyson Foods uh, pork processing plant in Columbus Junction, which is uh, in southeast Iowa, um, had uh, tested positive for COVID-19. As it turns out, the real number was 522, more than twice the number, and the IDPH knew about this. Uh, but the governor went out there and and lied about the numbers. Um, we don't know why, so we can only guess and have wild speculation. They will not say why. Um, I, did, how can how can we ever trust anything coming out of this administration ever again? If they are going to lie about disease and death, how can we trust what anything they say next? Well, the thing is, they've they have been covering up the reality of COVID in this state from the absolute beginning we haven't been um we have i mean you know at first they were reporting hospitalization rate and then as of 
April, we don't get that anymore. Absolutely, we don't get that. We don't know what percentage of people with COVID are ending up in the hospital. And now trends seem to be ticking upwards. But we don't know, right? Like, and they're not going to tell us. And instead, when you ask, they're like, but look at all this data we do give you. It's like, and then they change data, right? Like that day, right. everything, everybody, all those people recovered. And they're like, boom, what was it? Like 500 people, boom, you're all recovered now. It was just because they didn't return their phone calls. Like they could have been like hacking off the lung on their kitchen floors. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, it, it, but then the state's just like, okay, well, we're done. So you're, you know, you're, you're recovered now. And this contact tracing that we keep hearing so much about, like the reality of that is, you know, the people I've talked to are like, I get a phone call. They ask me a couple questions and it's just about if I traveled out of state. They're not asking what restaurants I went to. They're not asking if I went to a bar. They're not asking if I participated in a protest. And so, I mean, the reality of what is happening in this state has been covered up from day one. And good job to Ryan Foley, who's the greatest and um and he some of his reporting on you know the actual humans who are dying from this uh pandemic has been so beautiful and so heartbreaking and i hope everybody goes and reads his work because it's it's truly i'm so proud that he's here doing this work because he is amazing and um but yeah, I mean, but like, you know, we we don't know how what number of 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 meatpacking plant workers have died. They won't tell us. Right. And now, you know, and now we see on uh, at the face a bald face lie about how many people have been infected at meatpacking plants. And I mean, we don't know why. It would be nice to know why. But at this point, with all the cover up and all the misdirection and all the unanswered email, you know, one of my more recent co- uh, columns I wrote, I, I talked to, by the, by the time it was all done, about 14 journalists at seven different outlets across the state. And they're all like, yeah, we don't get we don't get basic questions answered. There's no transparency on any level. And yeah, or they, or right. they try like, to how... charge you unbelievable fees for public information. Yes. yes, they it was it was um it was Iowa News Now and the Capitol Dispatch both reported, you know, asking for um records and um and then they they replied with these exorbitant fees. I know um every single journalism outlet I talked to had unresponded to records requests. So every um, the state law is you have to respond within 10 days. And, you know, I know at the Gazette, we filed record requests Mm -hmm. that haven't been responded to in three months. Wow. You know, and then what do you do? And, you know, I, I think I think the average person needs to know because often, you know, the media gets blamed for not sharing this information. But if we can't get it and it's not just us, it's everyone is being treated like this and you know and and a lot of people are afraid of telling the truth because or you know are afraid of calling the governor out because they have to do their jobs so they're afraid of reprisal where it's like i'm not afraid of reprisal because (laughs) you'll burn it down like reprise me bitch like i don't (laughs) like you can't (laughs) um but yeah it's it, it you're right we can't trust what's happening but i think the devastating part of this and this is the part that really broke me today was that we're just marching forward with opening school. It's unreal. It's I'm so, so glad that Eloise is two 
and not, you know, four, five, six. And I, I mean, I will say my kids' school, they, they ruled out their plan today and I read it and I just broke down crying because what the, is the reality plan? is, I mean, the plan is, it, it's not a bad plan, um, but the rea- but it's, you know, it's a plan that just requires like all these masks and all these sanitation and, and mm-hmm. they, they hope, you know, their thing is like, oh, we're going to go, they have four phases. We'll go back into phase two where masks are recommended, but not required. And we're in social distancing and each class is like considered a cohort and we don't mingle outside of the cohort and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, okay. But like. The reality is with all these rules and everything, you're just admitting that it's dangerous as hell out there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think that's the thing that struck me. It's like, it's dangerous as hell. And then what do you do? Like I, for many, many reasons, which I'm not going to go into right now, can't homeschool. I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and then, and then parents and teachers in this state are just left without a choice because there's no other school doing it better and they're doing what they can because the governor's letting them. Right. Pa- parents with resources can, you know, hire tutors to come into their home or you know, yes. po- pool together with other other parents. But those yeah. of us who don't have those means, uh, single are parents who are single parents, sure, who are who have to work yeah. full time jobs. Yep. Yep. It's just and, it's and not possible. And it's and it's terrifying. It's just like looking at that. And, you know, saying like, OK, we're going to do all these things. It's like you're just admitting that, it's that this bad. is unsafe. Yeah. It's unsafe. But we're going to do it anyway. For why? What purpose? But, you know, for like, the appearance for. for right. But what do you think? The, what do you think the appearance is going to be? There's going to be a, a photo that the big photo across every paper is going to be their their kids sitting in a classroom behind masks, behind shields. No, the photo is going to be a kid in the hospital on a ventilator. Right, yeah. Like, because, because, you know, the governor has keeps saying, oh, we have to learn to live with this. We have to learn to live with this, which is just like a crass, like, acceptance of people's deaths that do not have to happen. Right, Kids set her office up in the cafeteria. The right, like, they, this doesn't have to happen. Just say, the virus is out of control in this state. We're not going back to school until we have a vaccine. Boom. Like, I get it. It's scary. And there's people who can't. But like, we could we can figure this out. Right. You know, (sighs) normal is normal is done for right now. Okay. And maybe kids have to stay, you know, stay in school until they're 19. And then they go to college or or to their (laughs) the job. Like, it's it's a year, you know, before we're going to have a vaccine. Maybe it's a year we live. We're going to live 120 of them. And the thing, and the phrase learn to live with it, people are dying. Yeah. People are learning, the reality is we're not learning to live with it. We're learning to accept the deaths that come along with it, which are entirely preventable. We could have stopped meatpacking plant deaths if we would have shut them down, kill some pigs, go without some meat. Lentils are not that bad, people. It, we could have, um, you know, we could, it could be safe to open schools if we had just stayed shut down a little longer. Yeah. You know, like. It, but people had to go out not... and get that, get that, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday get night. that spe- Applebee's. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, go, to go down to the Court Avenue here in Des Moines without your masks. I see yeah. you as I drive by. 
Well, and and again, like I, I hate, I, I I hate that people aren't wearing masks. I hate that people aren't social distancing. But I also like am really trying hard not to like individually shame people for what a system is allowing. Right. Like if the system said, stay home, put on a goddamn mask, the majority of people would do it. And I think a majority of the people are. Not in Iowa. I mean, did you see that map of like where people are like social distancing and wearing masks? I did not. Um, Yeah, we're not. I mean, we could be doing a lot better here. But again, instead of individually shaming people. You know, because of cognitive dissonance, people right. are going to do the thing that they're allowed to do, not the thing that they should do. Yeah. So, again, like if 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 we just had a st- if, if there were any adults in the room, there are, there are no adults in the room. I don't know what the goal is, like the, the appearance of normalcy. Right. But it you get that for, you know, a week and then it gets really, really bad. Well, I think the reality is there's not an acceptance of reality, right? Like, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, what's the goal here? And, you know, I I, I, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like, my dad always says, you know, to assume there's a conspiracy, you have to assume that many people are smart enough right. to go through with the conspiracy. That is and clearly never see. the case. <laughs> Right, it's never the case. So I choose to choose to always lean on Carl's side of reasoning. Um, but I think I think it is a denial of reality that in the fight between politics and the boots on the ground reality, we've just leaned toward politics. Um, you know that we couldn't accept. It's a hard thing to accept. It's a global fucking pandemic. Like, this yeah. isn't like, this isn't like something we do every fortnight for fun. But um, yeah, it just it just feels like there is a denial of the reality of the situation, just so people can sleep at night. And I, and I understand it, but I also don't at all. I don't understand it. Yeah. Like. My parents can't come see their only granddaughter. I can't go see my brother in Chicago. Uh, right. My my other brother had to postpone his wedding for a year because yep. no one can leave the United States. Our our passports are <laughs> are worthless right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we've all got those stories, right? Like, right. And it's it, but I guess the thing. And I'm I'm also, let me let me let me add in there. Yeah. I'm insanely lucky. Nobody I know has died. Right. You know, I know people who are sick with this with this virus right now, but I'm so unbelievably lucky that nobody has died. Right. Or gotten sick yeah. in my immediate family. Yes, but I I would hope that our reality isn't that we need a personal experience with this oh, to God, take yeah. it seriously. But that I think is the reality for too many Americans. They're like, well, it's not affecting me. It's not affecting the people I know. Yeah. So la di da. But like, how could we be so crass? I know how, because that's the American way, but it's just a cruelty that is, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like grab pearls uh, too much, but it's, it's, it's just an outright cruelty. Well, I I I, tr- I promised last week that I would have a a good story <laughs> to tell, uh, to report. But I I, I got to tell you, I don't have one. Like these these two stories dominated 
this week and have pushed yes. out anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor uh, to you, Liz. You have a new book coming out soon. I do have a new book coming. So out So that's soon. happy! Yay! You've saved yeah. me again. It, it's so crazy to be like promoting a book in a pandemic. And we, all, we all gotta have something to do. I mean, but you know, it's 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 a book. So it's a book that talks about um, motherhood and the cultural um, the cultural mythology that surrounds motherhood. So you know, the the introduction talks about who we allow to be mothers in America. You know, because we certainly you know uh, it talks about our history of forced sterilization of women who have mental health issues and black and Native American and incarcerated women. So you know, um, and who you know who we laud as ideal mothers in our society and who we throw into jail for letting their kids play in a playground while they worked their minimum wage job, right? And so it, it kind of tackles those issues, and I'm very excited about it. Um, because, you know, it, it just feels like these are issues that are never going to go away. You know, we've seen in pandemic people use that as, as an excuse to try to restrict reproductive rights, you know, that, that, um, we saw today, um, representative Yoho, you know, calling, um, calling AOC, you know, those names, and then trying to use his wife and his daughters as a shield. You know, nope. I have a wife and daughters. Like, well... You don't get to do that, buddy. You don't. And, and her calling it out was so perfect. And, and uh, when I listened to that today, when I listened to her say, I'm somebody's daughter, that just reminded me again, who do we let get to be a daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, and and who gets to, you know, who gets that virtue. And so, yeah, that's that's what the book is about. Um, I was really excited to go on a book tour, but that's canceled. So then I got a dog instead. <laughs> the dog? But I'll be doing a lot of virtual events. and um, Featuring the dog? Um, I'm sure she'll make some appearances. Um, I'm sure she'll have to. Listeners, she... the dog is adorable. Yeah, well, that's this could be the good story. There you go. Is my my pandemic puppy? Yes. Is Jolene? She's Jolene. Jolene yeah. the adorable. Uh, so my kids wanted my daughter wanted to name her Spunky, and my son wanted to name her Turd, and I was like, <laughs> "You guys are you're terrible at names. You're the worst." And so after you know berating them, I didn't. I didn't. I gave them four names to pick from. I said they could pick Loretta Lynn, Edith Wharton, Dolly Parton, or Jolene. And they love the song Jolene. It's a great song. Uh, weirdly, weirdly, it's my son's favorite song. I don't know what that says about my parenting. But that it you're used passed to... on good musical taste to your children? <laughs> well, it used to be Cherry Bomb, which I thought was hilarious and now he's like no i just really like joeen the song and i'm like cool 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 my seven-year-old loves a song about infidelity but it's also a real banger so who cares follow liz on all the platforms and uh see pictures of the dog tweets about the music man and rants on all the topics liz thank you so much for joining me today on what a week you are welcome back literally anytime just just drop in whenever. I will. 
What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. For more information, visit potluck.fm, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Help us get discovered by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next week on What a Week.